Now, there's a lot of news that has broken since our Monday episode of Rapid Fire, and I know a lot of you depend on me to keep you informed. But I've reached the point this week where I'm already exhausted with having to sit here and repeat the same news over and over again. Joe Biden and his administration hate America. COVID is still apparently at the forefront of news, despite upticks in crime and inflation rates being the actual plague on our nation. More evidence is mounting against vaccination efficacy, and the government still continues to pretend that their unconstitutional measures are for our health. Obviously, they're not. And my extensive research into the medical industry and how they're intent on not actually curing chronological diseases, but masking them with big pharma medication has left me really black-pilled. We have seed oils that are in virtually every food we eat, and they have been linked to an increase in heart disease, cancer, and infertility. Phthalates that are in many of our beauty products and fast food have been linked to infertility, breast cancer, obesity, and diabetes. Our water supply is chock full of cancer-linked chemicals, and despite all of this, our government and media want us to be worried about COVID. And even funnier, they want us to think they care about our health, which leads us to our topic for this episode of Rapid Fire. Create the problem, sell the solution. Welcome back to another episode. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Now, this isn't going to be a traditional rapid fire. Usually we go through the news and I try to get as much information out as possible. But to be quite honest with you, the news cycle has me very blackpilled. So what we're going to do today is do a deep dive into the medical industry, all of the organization and food industries that run our country, and basically the government and how they don't really care about our health. We still will go over the top 10 news stories that you need to know because there is a lot of really breaking news that needs to happen and that you need to be informed about. So we will be going over that. But before we get into the news, please remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, or Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. If you like the show, it's the most free and best way to support my show. Or remember to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Sav Says, or you can support me on Locals, savsays.locals.com or my website, savsaysofficial.com. Now let's go ahead and get into the problems that have been created in society by our governments and by all of these institutions that allegedly care about our health. Now I've been doing a lot of in-depth research into seed oils and the food industry because for the past two years at this point, the government has been screaming about how much they care about our health. But if we do some basic research, okay, I'm talking about maybe 30 minutes to an hour of research on the internet, we can see very clearly that the government, in fact, does not care about our health. All they care about is making money, as do all of these big corporations. Now, the Nutrition Coalition put this article out that says the largest promoters of high-carb diets are funded by corporate interest. Despite a growing body of evidence to the contrary, the dietary guidelines of the American Heart Association and American Diabetes Association promote high-carb, low-fat diets to reduce the risk for cardiovascular disease and diabetes. But a closer look at those who fund these organizations reveal corporate corporations with a vested interest in maintaining the current dietary guideline regime. And then it goes on to talk about how the vegetable oil manufacturer Procter & Gamble, maker of Crisco, which virtually launched the AHA, AHA, American Heart Association, as a nationwide powerhouse in 1948 by designating the then-needy group to receive all the funds from a radio contest it sponsored, about $17 million. More recently, I believe it's actually supposed to be $1.7 in all of my research. Um, it was actually $1.7 that they received. And then Bayer, the owner of Liberty Link Soybeans, pledged up to $5 
500,000 to the American Heart Association, perhaps encouraged by the group's continued support of soybean oil, by far the dominant ingredient in the vegetable oil consumed in America today. Now, this isn't just an opinion piece. Well, it does come from an opinion piece here. There is some research to back it, though, and we'll be getting into that. But that paragraph that I just read did come from the Los Angeles Times article headline op-ed, Don't Believe the American Heart Association. Butter, steak, and coconut oil aren't likely to kill you. And we feel, we hear this from many doctors like Dr. Sean Baker, for example, who really pushes the carnivore diet and says that eating essentially a high-fat diet, butter, cheese, dairy, or just straight-up meat is the best thing for your body. Of course, the American Heart Association would beg to differ, and they said it's they say it's going to give you high cholesterol, it's going to lead to an unhealthy lifestyle. We saw the USDA promoting the food pyramid, which is chock full of carbohydrates and basically everything that is going to make you obese in life. So the American Heart Association paid off by Procter and Gamble back in the 1960s. Um, you guys can see from this image here from James Dino Colantonio, who says Procter & Gamble, the makers of Crisco, which was made from cottonseed oil, paid the American Heart Association $1.7 million. Then in 1961, the AHA formally recommends Americans to stop using animal fats and start using vegetable oils. So my research into seed oils started right here with Procter & Gamble creating Crisco out of cottonseed oil when they realized it was cheaper and easier to use and that it was similar to butter, but much cheaper. So then they pay off the American Heart Association and then the American Heart Association starts saying that cottonseed oil is really good for you and that it's actually heart healthy. Let's actually look into cottonseed products. Now, this is from the NCBI. It's a gossip pool toxicity from cottonseed products research page. It says gossipol is a phenolic compound produced by pigment glands in cotton stems, leaves, seeds, and flower buds. High concentrations of free gossipol may be responsible for acute clinical signs of gossipol poisoning, which include respiratory distress, impaired body weight gain, anorexia, weakness, apathy, and death after several days. However, the most common toxic effects is the impairment of male and female reproduction. Another important toxic effect of gossipol is its interference with immune function, reducing an animal's resistance to infections. So this is obviously a research page that is related to animals. But then if we look up gossipol, because you know I like to double and triple check everything that I say to you guys, the immediate Google I guess excerpt here says gossipol is a polyphenol isolated from the seed roots and stems of the cotton plant. The substance, a yellow pigment similar to flavonoids, is present in cottonseed oil. So all of those bad effects for animals and the gossipol, which can be found in cottonseed oil, which is in various food products here in the U.S., is what we're ingesting on a daily basis, but it gets much worse than that. Now, we also have this article from The Independent. Headline reads, vegetable oils contain toxic chemicals linked to cancer and brain degeneration, says scientists. And the reason I got into the seed oil research is because I realized that these seed oils are in almost every single thing that we eat. Protein bars, chili beans, spaghetti sauce. They're in everything. They're even in the lotions that you're putting on your body on top of the phthalates, which are already bad enough, we'll be getting into the side effect of those. But back to this article, 
Vegetable oils contain toxic chemical linked to cancer and brain degeneration. Cooking with vegetable oil releases toxic chemicals linked to cancer and even the degeneration of the brain. Lard, butter, coconut, and olive oil are all but better dietary choices. Leading scientists have said in advice which directly contradicts the NHS. When heated, corn, sunflower, palm, and soybean oils, often called vegetable oils, release chemicals called aldehydes, which have been linked to various cancers and neurogenerative diseases, such as Alzheimer's. So that's what we're all eating on a daily basis. And it keeps getting better, folks. It keeps on getting better. It's not just the independent who says that vegetable oils are linked to all of these diseases. We also have uh, mission.org who says vegetable oils promote male infertility. And how do they do that? Well, industrial seed oils, again, better known as vegetable oils, are dangerous to health and should as much as possible be eliminated from the diet of anyone who wants to stay healthy. For men, another danger of vegetable oils is that they promote low sperm counts and infertility. It was recently reported that in North America, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand, sperm counts have declined nearly 60% in about the last 40 years between 1973 and 2011. In contrast, no decline in sperm counts was seen in South America, Asia, and Africa, although far fewer studies have been performed in the region. And then it goes on to talk about why these sperm counts might be declining. Maybe it's because of obesity. Maybe it's because of estrogens in the water supply. Uh, since the advent of the birth control pill, water has become full of estrogens due to their excretion from women taking them. So men, uh, on top of you know having to monitor everything that you're eating for seed oils, which could lower testosterone, also pay attention to that water supply, which may be filled with estrogen. Now, apparently, vegetable oils contain high amounts of omega-6 fatty acids, and their use in processed foods mean that people who eat it, as well as those who use vegetable oils for cooking at home, ingest large amounts of it. And this article goes on to talk about all of the uh, way that these amino acids are sequenced and how bad they are for the body and why, again, they lower those testosterone rates in men. So these seed oils, extremely bad for us, but we're eating them in every single product almost that we are given. Science Daily says some healthy vegetable oils may actually increase risk of heart disease. Some vegetable oils that claim to be healthy may actually increase the risk of heart disease and health officials should reconsider cholesterol lowering claims on food labeling states and analysis. So if the government really cared about our health, you think that all of the carcinogenic and chemical-laden food products that were being given as heart-healthy every single day, you think those would be a bigger issue, but they're not. And of course, it's not just those seed oils that are to blame and to look out for. Now, this is a multifaceted issue here because on top of the seed oils, which as I've stated explicitly here, are in the majority of foods that we eat. We also have phthalates, which are everywhere. And the health risks are worrying. This is an article from The Guardian who goes into uh, phthalates, what they are, and why they're so bad for us. Phthalates are everywhere, and a tidal wave of new research has documented their wide-ranging negative health impacts, and they go on to talk about the real risks. And so if we scroll down into this article, it says, name a page a major public health concern over the past two decades, and there's likely some link to phthalate exposure. In the past few years, researchers have linked phthalates to asthma, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, breast cancer, obesity, and type 2 diabetes, low IQ, neurodevelopmental issues, behavioral issues, autism spectrum disorders, altered reproductive development, and male fertility issues. And what are phthalates in? Well, they're in a lot of our 
household cleaners, food packaging, fragrances, beauty products, cosmetics, personal care products. You guys can read all of that right here. And again, back in 2003, the CDC documented widespread exposure to a high level of a group of chemicals called phthalates um, across the general American public was a big issue. So apparently this is a chemical that acts as a binding agent and makes plastics more flexible. And we're ingesting this. And the reason I got on this as well is because Russell Brand did a great video about how phthalates are in the majority of fast food that we're eating. And I just listed out all of those diseases that this is linked to. But tell me again how the government and the CDC, who has already conducted studies about this, cares about our health. Can somebody please point to me to how they are regulating or informing the public of what they're actually ingesting? That's right. Ding, ding, ding. They actually are not. But let's keep going because it's not just phthalates. It's not just seed oils. We also have ingredients, an entire list of eight ingredients that are banned in Europe but are legal in the United States. Now let's go into this article starting off with RBGH. It's used in milk and yogurt. It's injected into cows to boost milk production. These growth hormones are banned in the EU, Canada, and Japan. They can cause a bunch of nasty medical conditions in cows, which lead to increased antibiotic use, which means more antibiotics in milk. But that hormone as well can be linked to breast, colon, and prostate cancer, and that is allowed in the US. Ractopamine is in pork, beef, and turkey, and it increases lean muscle at the end of an animal's life. Tests show that this additive can affect the cardiovascular system in both humans and animals. Very healthy, my friends. We also have potassium bromate or bromated flour, which you might be eating in your hamburger and hot dog buns or any other baked good. They make bread fluffier and whiter, but since the 80s, plenty of studies have been done on potassium bromate as a potential human carcinogen. And for those of you who don't know what carcinogen means, it's something that can give you cancer. We also have brominated vegetable oil. We can see those in sports beverages and sodas. Keeps that flavor from floating to the surface. Uh, scientists fear that when consumed in large amounts, it can build up in fatty tissue and cause nerve disorders. Super healthy. I'm so glad we have the CDC and the FDA and all of these great regulatory alphabet companies that are really making sure that it's not these items that are being regulated, but it's the vaccine that is not only being regulated, because it's not actually, but being pushed out on the American public. So this goes on and on. It talks about, you know, coloring agents that are in our food, all of these other ridiculous preservatives and chemicals that our food is chock full of that is banned in Europe, but still for some reason allowed here in the U.S. And then finally, let's wrap this up with our water supply from the Hill. And this came out earlier this month. Millions consuming invisible toxic cocktail of cancer-linked chemicals. So that is what is in our water supply. Millions of Americans are unknowingly ingesting water that includes an invisible to toxic cocktail of cancer-linked chemicals a new survey of the nation's tap water has found. And the Environmental Working Group uh, apparently said that there's contamination from toxins like arsenic, lead, and forever chemicals in the drinking water of tens of millions of households across all 50 states, as well as Washington, D.C. Now, the reason I decided to start the show off with this today is because I'm tired of the government and I'm tired of our media pretending that they care about our health, that any of these government entities care about our health, and I'm tired of the fear porn being pushed into the brains of every single American, that the government is pushing you to wear a double face mask and get three or four vaccines that, again, 
are not effective against stopping the spread of coronavirus, as we've clearly seen. Those people are the ones that pretend to care about your health while completely ignoring the fact that the entire food industry and all these organizations that are supposed to be monitoring and regulating our food are paid off by these big corporations that only care about making a buck. Look at the medical industry as well. It's so difficult to find any industry that hasn't been corrupted to its core, whether it's medical, big pharma, the media industry, politics, government, take your pick of an industry. It's been so corrupted. I always talk about Dr. Sean Baker because he talked about his experience being a doctor and how when he was working at hospitals, he would get in trouble with the higher ups because apparently he was spending too much time with his patients because when his patients would come to him with a disease or a disorder, instead of just trying to mask it with 10 to 15 big pharma pills, he would say, okay, let's get to the core of this problem. And also let's see if we can fix this problem via diet without invasive surgery. And he found that the carnivore diet seem to have been able to fix a lot of these disorders. Michaela Peterson swears by it because she also has uh, her own health issues that she was dealing with that she healed via the carnivore diet. But the medical industry punishes the doctors that spend too much time on their patients and punishes the doctors who actually care about the health and safety of their patients. Why? Why do those doctors get condemned? Because if you heal a patient, then they no longer have to keep coming back to the hospital. Therefore, taking money out of the pockets of the medical industry, which is why, again, like with the COVID response, we've seen people put on ventilators, we've seen them intubated, because if somebody is diagnosed with COVID and put on a ventilator, that hospital gets a bigger payout. Look into that if you haven't heard of it. That is a big reason why a lot of people were put on those ventilators when they didn't need to be. That's the medical industry for you. That's big pharma for you. More importantly, that's our government. So the next time some crazy leftists says that you not wearing a mask is affecting their health, ask them if they care enough about their health to even understand what they're ingesting every single day or what type of products they're putting on their body every single day. Because I guarantee you, they have no idea about seed oils or all of these carcinogenic chemicals that are in our water. The average person doesn't filter these things. The average person doesn't know about all of the chemicals that are even in our air. And I oftentimes talk about how we're in a very spiritual warfare, a physical war, a psychological war. And we really are. We're being attacked from multiple angles here because it's not just, oh, the government's bad. It's a big political issue. It's also, well, we're also, um, you know, slowly being killed via everything that we're ingesting, everything that our government deems as healthy. Go back to the food pyramid, chock full of high carbs, low protein. We're told that butter and dairy and meat are all bad for you, that bacon is bad for you. We're seeing all these news stories saying that, you know, bacon and eggs, that's the picture that they use of the front of, with the headline reading, poor diet could be leading to heart disease and heart failure. We're not going to look into anything else that could be linked to that. You know, the missing variable from the past decade versus now because if you look at the the uptick in heart defects, heart disease, myocarditis, pericarditis, we're seeing a huge uptick, but nobody actually wants to do the research into why. Instead, we're just going to keep listening to these organizations like the FDA, which approved the Pfizer vaccine for us. What else has the FDA approved? Probably a lot of those chemicals that we just went through. Yeah. So spare me the government cares about your health and narrative because it's false. 
Now, I've been wanting to do this video and do a sit down and make an actual edited video with all this information. And so I guess this is that. I hope you guys were able to learn a little something because it is terrifying to me that there's seed oils in almost every single product that we eat and they're linked to so many bad side effects, particularly obesity and heart disease. So please be more mindful of what you're eating because on top of, you know, needing to be vigilant and paying attention to what is happening in our government every single day, we also really need to pay attention to what is happening with our bodies, what we're ingesting on a daily basis. Now let's get into the actual news. I'm going to go into probably like the top 10 topics that you need to know, starting off with this tweet from Chris Eliza, who is a CNN uh, contributor. He has his own show. I don't know what it is. I don't watch it because, you know, I have too high of an IQ to spend any time watching CNN. But he tweets out yesterday, the disconnect between Fox News and all other cable is striking. Fox currently doing a long segment on the Smollett trial, other networks doing COVID coverage. Now, the reason we're starting off the news portion of our show with this is because CNN doesn't understand what the average American wants to be hearing. And neither does Fox News, to be quite honest with you. Uh, They... They shouldn't even be focusing in on Smollett. I think that trial is ridiculous, yet we all know that he faked a hate crime. Hopefully he will be charged. I doubt he will. But the biggest issue right now and the biggest trial that we should be focused on is the Maxwell trial. People should be doing hour-long segments talking about how Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, all of the discrepancies with his suicide. They should be talking about all of the past crimes that Epstein and Maxwell were linked to that are being brought up in this court case. They should be talking about Virginia Guffrey's. They should be talking about Bill Clinton being on the Lolita Express upwards of 26 times, allegedly. But no, Fox News is focused on Smollett, and then every other mainstream media network is focused in on Omicron, the scary new variant that probably 10 Americans are actually focused in on. Maybe more than that, I don't know. But that's our media. That's what they're focused on. And I guess I have to give some accolades to Fox News for bringing light to the Smollett trial because at least we have someone in the media still remembering that Jesse Smollett committed a fake hate crime against himself. Now, getting into the Maxwell trial, the Washington Examiner came out with this article. It's a day two of the trial. Uh, We are hearing from witnesses now, from victims of Epstein and Maxwell, and the details are horrifying. Uh, Washington Examiner writes, terrified Epstein victim testifies Maxwell was present during sexual abuse. A woman called Jane testified Tuesday that she was recruited and groomed by Ghislaine Maxwell when she was 14 years old to have sex with disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein. Now an adult, Jane went into graphic detail in the stand saying she was inexperienced and frozen in fear. She said she felt terrified and gross and felt ashamed. She was testifying under a pseudonym. She recounted the day in 1994 when she met Maxwell and Epstein at a summer camp in Michigan for gifted children. She was sitting with her friends at a picnic table when she was approached by the couple. Epstein introduced himself as a wealthy donor who provided scholarships to young people. When they found out Jane lived in Florida, the couple asked for her number. She talked about this being the beginning of a nightmare that would last for years and that uh, Maxwell befriended her. They Maxwell took on a big sister role, took her shopping to the movies. Epstein gave her hundreds of dollars, knowing that her family was in need. And then Jane ended up going to Epstein's Palm Beach mansion about once a week. But things took an uncomfortable turn when Maxwell started bringing up the topic of sex. And then Epstein ended up getting her to engage in sexual acts with him when she was just 14. 
And she said that Maxwell was there during that sexual contact. And of course, the defendants or, you know, the people trying to defend Ghislaine Maxwell were saying that, oh, this woman was an actress, so she can cry on command. She can make all this up. She's just doing this for the money. Well, per Jack Posobiec, Epstein victim breaks down in the stand after Maxwell lawyers accused her of only speaking out for money. She tells the jury, I wish I had never had the money in the first place and none of this ever happened. So we'll be giving you continuous updates on that Maxwell trial. It should be at the forefront of what is the biggest story in this country. And the media should be paying more attention to it. But of course, they're not going to be because they're all keeping us distracted with the Omicron variant, which is being spread by the vaccinated, mind you. We'll be getting into that in a second. Now, the last episode that I shot was titled How We're Being Set Up for Another Wave of Lockdowns. And Peter Ducey of Fox News came out and had this to say about the Biden administration and new plans set to be announced tomorrow. But it sounds like on Thursday, according to The Washington Post, and uh, we've we're uh, we have made contact with some White House folks. They are going to announce some of the strictest covid regulations yet on American citizens, including, according to The Washington Post, requiring all Americans who return from abroad to quarantine in their house for up to seven days. If that is something that they're going to propose in this speech on Thursday, there are a lot of questions. How do you enforce that? Do you send somebody to the door of somebody that just came back from overseas, regardless of vaccination status or testing status, to make sure that they are home? And also, does that apply to everybody coming into the country, not just folks who come and document it uh, at an airport, but also the undocumented? So Peter Ducey asked that question to Dr. Fauci, and I don't have the video, unfortunately, uh, but essentially this is what was said. Ducey, you advise the president about the possibility of new testing requirements for people coming into this country. Does that include everyone, Dr. Fauci? The answer is yes. And then Ducey says, well, what about those that cross the border? And Fauci says that's a different issue. So like I talked about, for all of the illegal immigrants that are illegally crossing into our country, there are no rules or restrictions for them. We even read that article, Biden's trying to reinstate Trump's remain in Mexico policy. And it said, well, they, the, the illegals coming in can't be forced to take the vaccination. But what is coming for American citizens? More lockdowns, potentially some of the most strict per Forbes, U.S. travel, Biden considering quarantine, pre-testing and fines. President Biden is due to announce a winter strategy tomorrow for dealing with COVID-19. And as reported by The Washington Post, it is likely to contain stricter travel requirements for anyone entering the U.S., including Americans. At present, vaccinated travelers need to test no more than three days before departing for the U.S., whilst unvaccinated travelers need to test negative no more than a day before. So two years into this complete nonsense, and we're still doing this, we are going to see a second wave of lockdowns. Joe Biden will try to implement it. Luckily, a lot of good moves have been made, and judges across this, the nation have been saying that this is unconstitutional. It's not happening in our states. Uh, that happened in, I believe, Missouri, uh, Ohio. There's a couple of states that have, that have been implementing and pushing back. I don't have the stories right in front of me just because I wanted it to be a lighter news load today. But judges are pushing back. They're saying that this is unconstitutional and that Joe Biden can't require a 
vaccine mandate. It's ridiculous. So people are pushing back. We are seeing good news on that front. But with that being said, Joe Biden and his entire administration, who hates America and Americans, as we can clearly see with his border policies, they're going to try to reimpose these lockdowns. And I hope to see the energy that we're seeing in Europe and Australia here in America. People have been protesting for consecutive weeks on end in European countries, in Italy, in London, I believe in Ireland as well. I'm not sure, but they've been protesting all over Australia. And if Joe Biden tries to impose a second lockdown or I guess another wave of lockdowns, I hope to see the same energy here in America. Now, what else is going on in the news today? Well, Last show, we also talked about Chris Cuomo using his contacts to get ahead of the stories and all the sexual assault allegations against his brother at that time, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Well, Chris Cuomo has since been suspended by CNN indefinitely pending further evaluation following new disclosures about how he helped his brother, again, in the midst of a scandal over allegations of sexual harassment. Now, do I think that Chris Cuomo is going to be fired for doing this? Absolutely not. We had Jeffrey Tubin of CNN who jacked off in front of his co-workers and he's still allowed to work at CNN. If that's the way their company works, okay, that's on them. Disgusting. I would never work there because I'm not a degenerate. But if that's how they want to run things, then great. And uh, I feel like CNN is doing this as a little slap on the hand of Chris Cuomo to pretend that they're a legitimate news source or that they're a legitimate organization when we all know they're absolutely not. They're ridiculous. They have Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy employed for goodness sake. I mean, come on. When have we ever seen accurate reporting from CNN outside of the Rittenhouse trial after the verdict had been reached and they realized that their asses were going to be sued for libel and defamation? Yeah, they started reporting accurately then, but it took the entire verdict coming out before they did that. So that's CNN. That's what's happening to Chris Cuomo. And let's jump to social media and big tech. Now, Twitter, we know has a new CEO, and he has wasted no time in implementing restrictive new rules on Twitter, starting off with sharing images of private individuals. So beginning today, we will not allow the sharing of private media, such as images or videos of private individuals without their consent. Publishing people's private info is also prohibited under the policy, as is threatening or incentivizing others to do so. So that is Twitter's new safety policy, and the first thing that I thought of when I saw this was the Hunter Biden story, because initially Twitter was trying to say that the Hunter Biden laptop was stolen information, that we couldn't share the link because it was private information and it, we couldn't, it could not be shared. So that's what I first thought of. And then a lot of people made the point about Project Veritas. Now, Project Veritas does a great job of wearing hidden body cameras and getting people from big organizations to admit the reality of what they're pushing. We've seen them go into Pfizer and get scientists on record, talk about how, how they wouldn't give their vaccine to children. Amy Robach of ABC, who was ahead of the Epstein story and could have broken, broken it and never did. They have reported on Bernie supporters who were saying that if Bernie didn't get the nomination, they would burn it all down. The list goes on and on. They've exposed a lot of people. But now, due to Twitter's new privacy rules, journalism essentially doesn't exist on the platform anymore. Also think about the entirety of 2020. 
Do you think that rioters and looters who were burning things down and committing crimes would consent to you putting up their images or videos of them committing said crime on Twitter? No. And now the most basic fundamental evidence that we have of an event, a video, is now something that can be disputed and taken offline if the person in the video doesn't like what you posted, if they didn't consent to it. So again, just to reiterate, all of those people who were shooting at Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha that night, well, two of them didn't survive, but the one that did, Gage Grosskreutz, the Antifa member who got shot in the arm, well, maybe he didn't want you to see the video of him with a gun in his hand. So he could just say, hey, I don't consent to this, take it down. Another example of how our history will continue to be rewritten by the left and how real journalism is absolutely dead on Twitter. I've already been deleted off that platform. I had my journalism career on there for a good year or two before it got nuked. And Twitter has done this because they realize that video journalism and independent journalism is extremely effective. I think my videos got over 15 million views when I was on that platform for the year. Several of my friends, Drew Hernandez, Jorge Ventura, Elijah Schaefer, Julio Rosas, they all reported on the riots. They've all gotten millions and millions of views. And why was it? Not because we were lying, because we had the audacity to go point and shoot at the criminal activity that was taking place on American streets. Well, thanks to Twitter's new policy, that is something that's not going to be happening. Now, let's get into a little bit of COVID news. We've talked about how microchips and the government trying to implant you with these devices was a conspiracy. Well, in Sweden, you can now get your vaccine passport and a chip in your hand or elsewhere under the skin. It's increasingly popular to insert an IOB chip into the body with different types of data. And now you can insert your COVID certificate into the chip. Now, why is this a big issue? Why should we be concerned about this? This goes back to the vaccine mandates, because if the government can force you, can force inject you with a vaccine, what else can they force inject you with? A microchip that can be tracked, let's say, was once a conspiracy. Now we're seeing people getting injected with microchips. We've already had broadcasts here in the U.S. say that people can be injected with microchips that can tell them if they have COVID-19 or not. So we're not so far off from essentially living in 1984. I would venture to say that we're already there, a mass surveillance state where history is being rewritten before our very eyes, our language is constantly being manipulated. George Orwell wrote that as a story, a warning for people, and ended up turning into modern day society, which should terrify more people. But the average American is so subservient and dumbed down from all of the food and water supply that they don't care. And if we had critical thinking skills, we would all understand that a microchip isn't the way to go, that this government overreach isn't the way to go, and this vaccine with a continually dropping efficacy rate is not the way to go. Now let's talk a little bit about Omicron. I'm going to give you the only two headlines you need to know about this new variant. Number one being the CDC confirms the first U.S. case of Omicron COVID variant has been detected in California. But this patient was fully vaccinated and has mild COVID symptoms, officials say. So I just want us to all be aware that, again, per the Botswana government, and I put this media release in my last episode, the four individuals who were first found to have this variant were all vaccinated. 
in various countries, such as Australia, where they have the strictest lockdown measures, somehow, you know, only vaccinated people are allowed to travel in and out of that country. Somehow, Omicron is over there. Israel is shutting down. They have a very high vaccination rate, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. You think that if they were so vaccinated, they wouldn't be so afraid of this variant. And now it's here in the U.S. And who brought it over? A vaccinated individual. Interesting. And we see the further degradation of the West. Toronto Star in Canada, unvaccinated travelers over the age of 12 won't be able to board a plane or train in Canada beginning today. And a negative COVID-19 test will no longer serve as a substitute for most people. And I also want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in Australia. I think I do have this bookmarked here. So let me just open it up. Apparently, the essentially the the camps in Australia, the quarantine camps where people are being held hostage by their government because they were in contact with somebody who had COVID or they were too close in the vicinity of someone who had COVID. So people have been trying to escape. And and these are some of the key points. So please say three teenagers aged 15, 16, and 17 scaled a fence to escape. They tested negative for the virus, but they've been sent into quarantine as close contacts of positive cases. So these kids don't even have COVID, but they're being quarantined just in case. And the Australian government right now is trying to run a great propaganda campaign where they tell everybody that this is essentially a vacation. You go, you can get a nice tan, you'll get some luxury foods and quality time off from work. That's all this is. It's just a camp. It's fun. It's like summer camp for you and your kids. But what the media is not focused on And what the Australian government doesn't want you to know is that people are trying to escape this because they're being forced into these camps. Another thing that's not being heavily reported on, but should be, is in Australia, there's new fines for protest. $21,000 is the fine for breaching a pandemic order, such as not wearing a mask, breaking a movement limit, attending an illegal protest or gathering, refusing to get tested or failing to show ID. Illegal protest. So apparently in Australia, only government mandated protests are legal now. And what is the government mandate? Do you think they're going to mandate a protest where you can protest them? And their tyrannical orders? Probably not. Let's keep going. Over $90,000 fine for an aggravated offense for breaching that causes a serious risk to the health of another individual, such as going to work when infectious. A $109,000 fine for businesses breaking rules, which may include failing to make sure customers check in or show proof of vaccination status, and a $454,000 fine for an aggravated offense by a business, such as encouraging customers to flout lockdown rules. So the Australian dictatorship coming down hard on its people, but Australians still showing out in full force and still protesting their government and trying to get their rights and freedoms back. Evelyn Ray, if you guys do not follow her, is an amazing follow on Twitter. She is an outspoken Australian who's pushing back against the government and continuously giving updates on the realities of what is going on in Australia. Now, if you think that a vaccine is going to get us out of this, maybe there's one or two of you listening in who really do believe in the vaccine and think it's going to help. Well, the uh, biotech founder who you know worked with Pfizer to create the vaccine says that the new COVID-19 variant could lead to more infections in vaccinated individuals. That comes from the Wall Street Journal. 
Omicron risk infecting vaccinated people, but may not cause them severe illness. But key point there is that the vaccinated will become infected with this. And now they're saying, hey, well, you might just need one or two more booster shots. Just line up, guys. It's not really that big of a deal. What else was going on today in America? We've been focusing on a lot of big trials, not just Smollett or Maxwell, but we also had the Supreme Court trial today with conservatives leaning toward limiting abortion rights after dramatic oral arguments on a Mississippi law banning abortion after 15 weeks. So there was a big crowd outside of SCOTUS today to protest and stand in solidarity with Mississippi for stopping abortions after 15 weeks. Multiple reports have come out and said that the pro-life crowd far outweighed the pro-choice crowd in front of SCOTUS today with many people out in huge numbers to promote life for these innocent babies. And we had Justice Thomas asking the very important question during this case, what the right to abortion is like constitutionally, where where does it say that you have the right to an abortion? Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas asked one primary question during the oral arguments in the court on Wednesday. As the justices took up hearing a watershed case on abortion rights in the U.S., and he asked it more than once. Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization deals with the constitutionality of a law enacted in Mississippi in 2018 that prohibits abortions in cases where the probable gestational age of the unborn human was more than 15 weeks. Justice Thomas was specifically interested in the question of what constitutional right the right to get an abortion is based on. Yes, counsel, if I know your interest here is an abortion, I understand that. But if I were to ask you what constitutional right protects the right to abortion, is it privacy? Is it autonomy? What would it be? And of course, the council responded with liberty and how everyone needs to have bodily autonomy. But the main answer to that question is there is no constitutional basis for an abortion. It's nowhere in our constitution. Nowhere in our constitution are you allowed to murder an innocent person for no reason, which is essentially what abortion is. Remember that that isn't just a fetus. That is a living human being. That is a different body. And abortion is murder at the end of the day point blank. So those were the top stories in the news today. Again, we didn't go as in depth as we normally would. I did have a big, long stack of news for you, but I wanted to start out, like I said today, talking about those seed oils, talking about the food industry and the government pretending to care about our health and pretending to regulate what we consume. They don't care about our health. They don't care about our well-being. They care about killing us faster and keeping us subservient. That's the honest truth. And if I have to be the one that that has to say it, then I guess I will. Anyways, guys, that's wrapping up this episode of Rapid Fire. Again, if you like my work, please support me. PayPal link is down below, or you can follow me and support me on savsays.locals.com. That's another place that I put a lot of content. Many of you request the videos that I put in this show. I usually post them on there. You can also follow my website, savsaysofficial.com. Make sure to subscribe and find all of my deleted videos on that site. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I'll see you guys next time.